This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a critic on BFM 89.9. Hello, you're listening to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and today we are reviewing an art exhibition. Uh, so it's called A Paradigm Shift Reflecting on 20 Years of the Malaysian Art Scene and that's happening at Wailing Gallery until the 6th of August. And joining me to help review the show is Blank Malaysia, who's of course an artist himself. Blank, welcome back to the show. Hello and thanks for having me again. So as the title suggests, the exhibition celebrates 20 years of Whaling Gallery's existence in the Malaysian art scene, but takes a very interesting approach to do that. So essentially, they're featuring the artists that they've headlined over the last 20 years, one at most two works from each artist reflecting on the last 20 years in Malaysia. But the works are all new, so um, created at most within the last one or two years. And yeah, I, I think I want to kick things off just by saying that I very much enjoyed this exhibition. Um, I loved how they took a theme that could otherwise perhaps seem a little bit self-involved and short-sneery, you know, but turned it into something that actually has... Um, a lot of value for us. Off the bat, I'm going to say this is one that I enjoyed a lot. What did you think, Blank? Oh, yeah, I, I totally enjoyed um, going for uh, this exhibition. We have not been going out for a while. And this type of exhibition, especially when you read titles such as this, and um, you would have a particular kind of point of view of it. You might think, like, okay, it might be a very small kind of like theme. Like, okay, it's just reflecting on 20 years of Malaysian art scene. Uh, but once you're there and you read uh, and you kind of interact with the artworks, uh, you realize they are really touching on elements, which is very, very Malaysian. You know, it, it really stretches from various narratives within these last two decades. And as you know, Malaysia changed a lot these two decades. And it definitely touches on uh, cultural changes such as politics, economy, technology, and each artist interestingly, took a different route down this path, whether it's a direct interpretation or it's like a personal journey or it's just uh, through uh, how they approach the artwork. So it's all very, very unique, all very interesting. And yeah, we should talk more about this. Yeah. I just wanted to say that um, because over the years, Wailing has represented or featured a number of um, really well-known Malaysian artists, I think the, uh, the, the, the gamut of works being shown here are really very rich. There are some names that will immediately be familiar to those uh, who follow the local visual arts scene. And, and that's quite nice, you know, to be able to see new works from the sort of headline Malaysian artists. So people like Anurendra Jagadeva or Ivan Lam or uh, Azizan Paiman, Rajinder Singh. So there's there's a lot here um, if you just want a sort of who's who of uh, the Malaysian art scene. Um, but I wanted to say that for me overall, um, if I wanted to describe what I took away, and perhaps that's reflective of Malaysia in the past 20 years, was this really interesting contrast or tension between chaos and calm. Um, some mm. works were incredibly chaotic and um sort of busy and angry or, or you know, filled with stress. And then other works, I think, chose to be more reflective um, and offered like these little pockets of solace. And I thought that was, whether planned or just it materialized in the course of the show, actually a very apt reflection of how many Malaysians might feel over the last two decades. 
Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, each of the works are very, very indicative of the artist behind it. And as you have mentioned, they are very established artists. And these uh, artists are very, very confident with the themes and how they portray them uh, in the artwork, which they have been kind of pursuing and mulling over over the past 20, 30 years. Yeah. As I walk through the gallery, all pieces there were really interesting. Mm. Um, I'm, I, I don't think I can cover all of them in our conversation right now, but these are the few ones which, for me, uh, was interesting, not because um, they particularly stand out. I mean, for me, it did. But uh, more like uh, I was actually there in the space uh, and I was talking to uh, the gallery assistant, Chris, uh, who was really, really brilliant. And with the time which I had, I had a conversation with each, uh, on each of these pieces and what he told me was really, really interesting. So... Yeah, for me, the first piece which immediately caught my attention was uh, Iron Lam's uh, Kill Your Darling. Mm. Uh, really, really strong piece. Um, and I would say is uh, it really directly relates to the themes which is explored or at least like questioned within uh, the exhibition itself. So um, from my uh, conversation with Fikri, he mentioned how uh, it's, uh, okay, let's just describe the artwork. So basically, the artwork uh, is like a canvas. Um, um, there's two parts to it. The top part is actually a gold foiled um, uh, section with a black and white Malaysian flag. And at the bottom part, you have like a blurred out hibiscus uh, in the background overlaid with um, the Rukun Negara, at least sections of it. So immediately as a Malaysian, when you look at the blacked out flag and then you look at uh, the hibiscus, certain images and certain words will just immediately pop into your head. But um, hearing the conversation which is generated from the artist, I mean, through Fikri, uh, is very interesting because uh, the gold elements, uh, in some ways, uh, represents um, the huge debt which our country is slowly accumulating. So an interesting fact which I realised as I was walking around the canvas, the words which was written at the side was actually the other way around. Like usually all the artworks will have a signature and stuff. So the signature was upside down. So it was by choice. So the work was actually supposed to be the hibiscus on top with the gold part at the bottom. But instead for this exhibition, they chose to put it the other way around. Why? Because uh, the gold section is solid and it feels like uh, the gold area is weighing down on the hibiscus, which uh, the, in uh, the uh, artist's eyes was the new generation of Malaysians which is coming out. So it seems like an old version of Malaysia, the old Malaysia in the past is weighing down on the new generation. Uh, it is a work that works better with context, I will say. For me, in that particular space, because the exhibition is split into uh, three different spaces, roughly, it's actually a great space for this scale of works because uh, that, that space alone has a few sort of very large-scale paintings or works that all, I think, have are in conversation with each other and, again, really evokes for me the, the calmness or the anger that you can see um, in that space, I must say that my favorite work was actually Yao Biling's At the Helm, which was a sort of almost abstract, but then the more you look at it, it takes on a more concrete form. It's this beautiful, largely blue, uh, abstract painting of what then appears to be a ship. Um, and, you know, it's called At the Helm, which kind of gives you a, a clue of what it's supposed to be. And then apparently it reflects on her ideas of motherhood. 
And I think it offered a sort of, uh, for me at least, a, a way of thinking about the past 20 years in a way that's very different. Perhaps it's also because um, the whole exhibition um, are mostly male artists. So there, there are only two female artists. Um, yeah, so it's uh, Biling and Chong Kiet Ching. So I also think that because of that, there was a particular energy from her work that that worked really well in this space where all the other works were sort of a little bit more hard-edged, a little bit more, um, not literal, but I think very direct in the kind of sharp commentary that they were making. Um, her work felt a little bit more uh, reflective and internal, and I quite liked that. Um, I was curious before we move further, what you made of the, the way the works are shown, the different spaces and oh, the fact that oh. they're split up this way. Um, as someone who has been in the art scene, I mean, as for you as well, um, obviously we have been to various galleries over the years. And most galleries before you enter, of course, the theme and the artworks are very, very interesting and all, all of uh, these art spaces are very unique. But uh, having a space which is uh, not really conforming to the traditional white cube opens up new opportunities. It's like a book. I, I feel like the way architecture interacts with uh, uh, as a gallery uh, with the artworks is quite interesting because, um, for example, in Weiling, um, the curator has placed each work, as you mentioned, uh, within their own space. So those are really big works and all of them are very strong in their presence. So when you put two strong works together, sometimes uh, you are not sure which to interact with first and you might be drawn to the other work before allowing the first work to finish uh, talking to you. So having um, the art, uh, the course of the exhibition unfold with you as when you're ready to move on to the next piece, for me, it's very, very um, interesting. And I feel it's something which I would definitely love to explore myself as an artist. And I hope more exhibitions would be like this. Yeah. I think it's actually an interesting time to talk about that because Whaling Gallery in Brickfields has just undergone renovations as well. So I think this is also, given that 20-year marker, um, a nice way for them to maybe show off the space a little bit and the potential for this kind of curation. We are reviewing a paradigm shift reflecting on 20 years of the Malaysian art scene that's happening at Whaling Gallery until the 6th of August. Uh, let us know, are you a fan of these sorts of exhibitions that reflect on time? through art. You can call 77332900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic with Sharmila, and I'm joined today by artist Blank Malaysia. Together, we're reviewing Wailing Gallery's A Paradigm Shift, reflecting on 20 years of the Malaysian art scene, which features... Um, a series of artists presenting works that reflect back on the past 20 years in the Malaysian context. Um, Blank, we were talking about works that stood out to us. I mean, I would say all the art artworks really like stood out to me. Two pieces, which I would say is they're very different, but at the same time, uh, to me, they kind of de demonstrate a way of, of an approach towards the theme, which isn't what um, most people expect. So usually when you get a theme, you expect to create a work which kind of like comment on the theme or kind of reflect it. But um, Sabri Idris's Erase, as well as Hamidi Hadi's uh, work, Mind, Body and Soul uh, too, uh, both works actually is a process piece. So they're really focusing on the process of creating the work. But through this process, it links back to the theme. For example, uh, Sabri, Sabri Idris's piece, Erase, um, 
uh, explores the idea of uh, adding on to something and removing something. I mean, uh, it basically goes to the piece, it's a quadratic. So there's four different pieces placed together. Uh, and to describe it, it's a very textured piece with uh, several lines uh, which is being removed and other parts which you can see pins added on back into it. So uh, it kind of leaves room for the viewer to reinterpret it. So even the word uh, adding and removing, you know, in some ways, in uh, my point of view, kind of reflects like how we approach politics and even how we approach uh, new ideas within uh, the Malaysian context. We introduce a lot of elements, new elements, and then we wait and see if anything works. If it doesn't work, we just like, remove it and reintroduce a new one and, you know, <laughs> fingers crossed, hope for the best. Right. Uh, and Hamidi Hadi's work, Mind, Body and Soul, I took a different approach. But again, um, it's very practice-based, but uh, his work uh, works with, um, his practice, sorry, works with recycled materials. So it's basically like a mesh, a metal mesh, and then he used um, old sketches maybe, um, based on what Petri mentioned to me. Um, like he recycled it, create like a paper mache-ish kind of like uh, material, and he pushes it through this metal mesh so that certain things get caught in the back and then um, certain elements of the work will emerge in the front because uh, he also introduced uh, silicone into the work. So um, in some ways, it again reflects uh, how Malaysians, um, whenever uh, something is introduced, like maybe a new law, um, there's always uh, people who try to bypass it, you know, find a new way through it. Um, but that's my interpretation, but based on P3, uh, it's actually just a reflection of how the artist reflects and kind of reacts to uh, the larger conversation. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Hamidi Hadi is currently based in Perak and he lives in a quite an idyllic like, rural setting. So all of these elements reflect back on his work where it's more serene, it's more calm, but at the same time, uh, it's still uh, commenting in its own way on the larger narrative that all of us live in. So, yeah, what about you, Shamir? Well, I just wanted to say that Sabri Idris's work I found really interesting, particularly because at first glance, I thought it was batik. Then when I realized, in fact, what it was, I, I, I thought it was even more clever because um, the interplay between the spaces in between as well as mm. the, the, the front layer versus the back layer, actually, it's all batik as well, right? Because it's, it's, a, it's a creation of an image that, both relies on the thing you see and the thing you don't see. Um, and I thought that, I don't know whether that was intentional, but somehow that added again to the notion of what's being erased, what's being shown. In terms of works that stuck with me, I really liked Wong Chi Ming's Love and Happiness because it has this um, tech component that there's a QR code next to it. You can use um, an Instagram filter and it allows you to like explore the different layers of the work. If you have someone with you, they can, you know, you can take a video of yourself being inside the work or you can also open it up on your laptop and then explore how the digital art is created with the overlaying of layers. I thought it took what was a relatively simple work and turned it into something a little bit more immersive. Um, it felt like it had a lot of potential in terms of how we can integrate social media and tech. Um, I also very much enjoyed a sculpture by Juhari Said, which was called Kenyang Dan Lapa, Two Sides of the Coin. Um, just very... Um, 
I think even just in terms of the work it would have taken because it combines sculpture and printmaking. Um, it also seems to reflect a lot on at least something we've seen over the last few years, this notion of the Antara Dua Darjat, the fact like who gets to eat and who doesn't. Um, but also I, I think does that with a sort of pop art sensibility in a way that I, I enjoyed very much. And then, I mean, gosh, it feels like we're just listing every work, right? Because I feel like everything yeah. had something that that caught my eye. Um, I very much enjoyed Rajinder Singh's uh, two paintings as well, which reflect yeah. on, it's a, it's a very interesting contrast between a more Baroque style of, mm. um, of painting or conflict, but then contrasted with um, his relationship with faith, in this case, Sikhism. Um, and to me, it felt like a commentary on how certain stories are told and certain stories, you have to find a way to tell them yourself that in the world of art globally, not all stories are told equally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I really like uh, Regina Singh's work as well. Um, another one which I would like to like highlight is Anurendra's uh, Jigadeva's Trimurti 2.0, uh, Winter is Coming. I love that um, title. <laughs> the title alone, you know, it, it's so smart. Um, only because um, when you first approach a piece, for those of you who are not that familiar with uh, Anurendra's Jigadeva's work, um, it's a lot of symbolism, right? Um, it's very provocative in a social-political kind of way. At the same time, it's quite poetic. So the pieces, the first glance of it, you just see a bunch of things which we as Malaysians will be very, very familiar with, especially living in a more globalized world. So uh, uh, you, you get to see uh, icon, icons of religion, such as Buddha, um, I think there's a Jesus there. And then you have like um, uh, several uh, figures in politics in the past as well. I think Gandhi was there. And then there's uh, even like elements from um, normal everyday life, uh, which is all kind of like collage into the piece. But uh, as you continue to explore the, the piece, it, the complexity begins to like come out, right? So um, even the title, as you mentioned, Trimurti 2.0, right? Trimurti itself is like a concept, like a Trinity concept from Hinduism. And then uh, the 2.0 that is very key to the work itself. And then, of course, you have winter is coming. So why 2.0? Because Anurendra is trying to uh, say that, um, look, you have the old gods in the past, and then you have new icons in the present. But at the same time, um, the same issues that we have been talking about have been continued on and on and on. Obviously, he didn't directly uh, uh, talk about the Malaysian side, but through this indication, you can already make your own uh, deduction from what he's saying. But at the same time, the word winter is coming as most people will be very aware. It's kind of like uh, talking about, I mean, taking from uh, the Game of Thrones uh, popular culture book, right? Um, at the same time, if you reflect back on the word 2.0 and the fact that there's conflict which is happening, winter is coming, could also be a dark, take on a darker tone, but it could be an indication that all this conflict could lead to nuclear winter. So, uh, really love the piece, especially when you give time to explore each element and Talk about it, yeah. Which brings me to possibly my only criticism of this exhibition, which I think that they chose to go without um, 
displaying artist statements or um, explanations next to the works. Um, and I have to give full props to uh, Fikri, the gallery assistant, who does a great job sort of walking around and giving you a lot of context for the works. But I do feel like it's a little bit of a missed opportunity because these works need some context, particularly for, I think it's an exhibition that everyone should go to, right? But then when, when you want to encourage people who may not otherwise be quote unquote arty, you need to cue them a little bit better, I think. Um, and this exhibition might feel a little bit inaccessible without those things. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, because whenever I approach uh, such exhibitions, I try not to come with the idea of uh, I'm an artist, I'm interested, but more like um, what can we like enjoy? Like how you approach a book or a movie, you know? Um, so all of the pieces are very, very strong. And uh, I just want to highlight that I actually have a QR code beside it as well. But when we actually send it, um, it actually takes, uh, it goes to, it uh, links us towards their main page, uh, which actually give a short explanation about uh, the artwork and the artist. But it doesn't go in depth, as you mentioned, of what the art, art, artist has been exploring through the artwork. So like you mentioned, it's uh, quite, quite a big uh, missed opportunity. Thank you so much for reviewing this with me. Thank you so much for having me as usual. It was a pleasure. We've been talking about a paradigm shift reflecting on 20 years of the Malaysian art scene. That's happening at Wailing Gallery until the 6th of August. Uh, for more information, you can visit wailing-gallery.com. You've been listening to Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.